Dave's Psych Lectures, part of the Thunderbird 6 Podcasting Network. This is actually stuff you, you really do know. Um, it's just that it's been usually called something different than this. Okay? Don't, don't worry too much about it uh, as far as... Don't get freaked out by, by terminology. Okay. So what I'm going to talk about today is distributions and probability. That's slowly. You can plot the probability of any given score for a variable. Right? You just can't. It's not like it doesn't really mean anything. All I'm saying is you get a given score, whatever the hell it is, and you say, what's the probability of this thing happening? Right? Through chance. And the probability of all of the possible events equals 1. Because probabilities go from 0 to 1. You can't have a probability greater than 1. If you do, you made a mistake. Right? If you have a probability less than 1, you made a mistake. 0 means nothing happened, like it's impossible. And 1 is everything. So if we were thinking of just flipping a coin, there's two ways a coin can come up. Heads or tails? Probability of a head is 50%. 0.5. Probability of a head a tail is 50%. 0.5. 0.5 plus 0.5 is 1. Probability of a donkey is zero because it's a head, a tail. There's no donkey. I don't know, maybe some coin with a donkey on it. I, I, whatever. <coughs> okay, we're talking about Canadian quarter. And don't give me some crap about the coin landing on its edge. You know, it could land on its edge. Yeah, I know, I've seen that episode of The Twilight Zone and the whole world stops. So there's only two things that can happen. Okay? And if we add them all together, all the possible events, we get, we get one. Okay. Does that make sense? Like, just that's very basic probability stuff. Okay, just want to make sure. You can think about drawing a card. There's four suits in a deck of cards. The probability of drawing a heart is 0.25, uh, a spade is 0.25, a club is 0.25, and a diamond is 0.25. Add those up. There's no other things. I'm assuming you've taken out the jokers and the rules to poker and all those other stupid cards that come in your deck of cards. When you're probably drawing... Uh, those are the four suits. There's only four possibilities. It's 0.25 plus 0.25 plus 0.25 plus 0.25 is 1. Okay? Now, if we need a distribution, if we plotted this out, the area under that curve would be 1. Because it's all possible events, and it's just we're plotting a probability. <coughs> Right, as a function of score. So we got score along the bottom, and then we got probability on, on the y-axis. I go with x and y-axis. I never, I never remember which is the ordinate and which is the abscissa. It always sounds also like an abscissa is something you might get on your tooth. I think that's actually an abscess. But anyway. So on the x-axis, we got score. On the y-axis, we have probability. If you looked at the area under that curve, it's going to be 1.0. Does that make sense? Because that's the, all the possible events. So let's say we're rolling a die. Again, this is uniform. Uh, and then actually, this is 0.167. I just let whatever the hell program I used, that was probably numbers, an Apple program to do this. Um, we add all those up, we get 1. Because 0.167 times 6, 0.167 is a sixth, 
And this is a regular die, not a die for, you know, a 20-sided die. Oh, my magic experience points have gone up by three. No, no, that's not what this is a regular die. This is a die for normal people. I'm here, by the way, making fun of my daughter and her friends. And myself. <laughs> just to be clear. So, just a die, and all those things should add up to one. Okay. Now, the most, for us, the one that we're going to care about, you like the way that came in? See, keynote is so cool. It makes it feel like I'm Steve Jobs, except alive and poor. Start wearing turtlenecks. That's the normal distribution. This is our friends, this is our favorite distribution. Most of us have a favorite distribution. Of course, I'm kidding. And if those are probabilities of getting different values in the normal distribution, <laughs> to one, right? And this is a oh, this is a standard normal distribution. This is a Z distribution, or as they call it in the states, the Z distribution. So they spell night, N-I-T-E, donut, D-O-N-U-T, which is actually much more sensible. <laughs> let's, let's, let's face facts. I mean, it's actually... Definitely easier to teach your kids how to spell. Yeah, it would be. It would be. It would be. There's, you know, something... I, I just cling to the old ways, because uh, I'm nothing if not a traditionalist and an Anglophile. Neither of those things are true. I just... It's cool to spell... A friend of mine once said, uh, American friend... It's cool to spell color with a U. It just looks classy. So we know this is Z because we got zero at the mean. And then we go from zero to one, zero to two, and negative, so negative one, negative two, three, four. Same thing over here. Um, and we've got mu plus sigma, right? Mean plus standard deviation. Any normal distribution would do, I just thought I'd use the standard normal because, well, frankly, it's much more sensible to use in this case. The most common, or at least the most useful to us, is this. You'll be told a lot of times in like, introductory statistics courses that many variables are distributed this way, and in fact, it really isn't true. Um, not really. A lot of variables are, but a lot of variables really aren't. There's things like, uh, you may be told that there'll be an assignment, and they'll say, like, do a homework assignment, and they'll say, the probability of the failure of a light bulb is normally distributed. Oh, bullshit. There's no way it's normally distributed. Because that means as long, every time one lasts one standard deviation more, that means, or say two standard deviations more, that means or sometimes you'll put a light bulb in it and it just immediately doesn't work. And that doesn't really happen very often. I know it happens now. But, you know, we use that as an example because we need examples. Characteristics of this thing, it's unimodal, it's symmetrical, and then you can maybe see that coming at the bottom, and bell-shaped. This is why back here is useful as well on the screen. Yeah, because it's actually Because it actually shows everything. Yeah, these aren't lined up properly. I don't know what to do about that. Yell at the tech floor? Uh, yeah, the yelling at them really helps. That's, they like that. They're pretty, they work pretty hard. I'm not gonna... It's not their fault, actually. People have designed some of this equals. This room is very constraining. I once taught this room and a bunch of steam started coming out of that thing. 
Oh, that would be lovely. Yeah. It was an animal behavior class. I was in the middle of teaching, and then all of a sudden, this thing comes out. Mm. It would look like something like in a splinter cell game. You know, like maybe they're gassing us all, we're all going to get knocked out. <laughs> so we just ran. Class ended. See, there was for a second, one or the other. But yeah, that was crazy. So keep your eye on that event. And then they might sit over because they, tomorrow. yeah, they maybe get it. I don't know who they are. Unimodal, symmetrical. Unimodal means it has one mode, one peak. Symmetrical means same on both sides. Bell-shaped, well, if you don't know what bell-shaped means, you probably don't speak English. And you probably ought to, you know, brush up on what bells are. Okay? So the area on this thing is going to be one as well. You're in that thing is one. Right? Because it's just saying the probability of getting a given score. Okay? And it's all the possible scores. So the area underneath that thing has to be one. But why is that useful? Well, Many variables, as I said, are assumed to be normal. I didn't say they were. They're assumed to be normal in the population. A lot of things are. But a lot of things are assumed to be, and they probably aren't quite. Therefore, we can use standard techniques. There's one of the things that the, the standard normal distribution does, the z-distribution, is it allows us to do all the stats that we do in, in a course like this, most standard sort of inferential statistics, they base things on the normal distribution. Um, and hopefully by the end of today, you'll see why. So it allows us to do sort of these sort of standard techniques. And then as normal are sampling distributions. Sampling distributions are just all the values, uh, sorry, a distribution of all the values that the mean can take, for example. Now, when we go over into that, I got written after that CLT, meaning the central limit theorem. Um, I'm not going to introduce that now. You should have learned that in 2126. I will go over it again when we talk about t-tests. But sampling distribution, the sampling distribution of the mean is normal, meaning all the possible values you can get of the mean are normal, and it doesn't matter what the shape of the parent population distribution is. Right? So, for example, if you had, if we just had males and females, and we assigned one to males and zero to females, okay? And I'm talking male, female, humans. So, zero to females, one to males. All we're having there, what are we measuring? Number of Y chromosomes. Don't get into X, Y, Y, all that crap. I don't want to talk about that. So, the population has two possible values, 0 and 1. The mean for the population is actually 0.5, which doesn't describe anybody, but that's fine. It is the opposite, almost, of a beautiful curve <coughs> like that. It has two values. It's, it's binary. Right? Now, what's going to happen if I was to randomly select people? What's the most common average sex I would get? What's the, the value for that? Be 0.5, wouldn't it? Because I should get mostly an equal number of men and women, right? Sometimes I'm going to, and we're going to say we're going to select 10 people. I should usually get five men and five women. Sometimes I'm going to get six men and four women. 
That same thing should happen as often as I get six women and four men. Right? Which makes sense. And if it goes seven, three, or three, seven, they should be a little less likely, but they should also happen a little more rarely than the six to four and, and much more rarely than the five to five. If we go to two and eight or eight and two, it gets even less likely. One and nine is even less likely, and now and then, O and ten and ten and O, that's going to happen, but it's, not, it's going to be pretty rare. Right? And I think, hopefully, you've been able to understand that what I've described here is something that looks like this. It's a bell shape. Even though, and that's the values that the mean can take for sex, and again, we're just going to zero for female, one for male. And even though it is not, the population distribution doesn't look like anything like that at all. I'm not talking about gender identity here. Don't give me that. I'm talking about number of Y chromosomes. Yeah, well, you know, gender is, I'm not talking about gender. I'm talking about sex. I hate the word gender anyway. It pisses me off. It's a perfectly good word that meant something else. It's about language. You know, like female and male, male, masculine and feminine words. It's co-opted. Maybe I am a traditionalist. All right. So we got population that look like that. There aren't a whole lot of kind of women, 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 more women, more women, more women, more women, kind of women, kind of No! There's women and men. But again, look at your gender because they don't care. Rage. There are certain courses I'm glad I never took because I would have just rage quit them all the time. That's it. I've had enough of this crap. I believe. Which is not good. You're not supposed to do that. You don't learn anything that way. Everybody just learned that I was a jerk. <laughs> but this is my class. And this is the Christ I want. Um, <clears throat> right. So we'll go more into the sample, to the, the CLT, the Central Limit Theorem. Uh, we'll talk about t-test. But this is just telling us something interesting just about distributions. Right? That sampling distributions of the mean, which are just all the values that the mean can take, are normal. Now, what, what, whoa, what does that mean? The mean, the sampling distribution of the mean is normally distributed with a mean of mu and a standard deviation of sigma squared over the square root of n. We'll get more into that when we talk about the, the central limit theorem. It isn't really that important right now. Dave, yep. can you just real quick, what does mu stand for again? Mu is the mean, the population mean. Pop okay, and sigma is the population standard deviation. There's nowhere in here that keep this from. Um, so the sampling distribution of the mean is normally distributed, that's the n means, and it has a mean of mu, 0.5 in our case with sex, right? And a standard deviation of sigma divided by the square root of n. Now, we'll talk about that a little bit more intensely as we go. Uh, probably next time, though, I think we'll get into the test today. There are very few things that everyone want you to memorize, and it's the central limit theorem that I will want you to memorize it word for word. Um, but right now, just take that. I mean, and I, you, and I know you learned that in 2126. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you learned it in 2126. I know you learn it. I know they learn it in the sociology stats, uh, for example. Uh, I mean, it's just a standard thing you have to learn. Okay. I, I, like I said, I know it's there. I know it's there when I teach it, and I know it's there when Dwayne teaches it because he uses about he uses some of those slides. Some? Yeah, not all. 
Some of them are Give the guy a break. You just die here. All that fun. I just remember in the class, this is Dave's slide, so... Oh, he was saying that? <laughs> so he was saying that as a way of like, so if it sucks, it isn't my, it isn't the, the Newfie's fault. It's, it's the albino's fault? Is that sort of what he was at an albino thing he was going no, after? Because that really it annoys me. No, it was more like, if I don't know what it says, it's because it's not my slide. <laughs> or if I don't know what those numbers are... Oh, it's numbers to represent. Because yeah. I just make numbers up for, for samples and stuff. I, I don't... I really, I don't know how it's that useful to make it into like something reasonable. I just don't, I, I find it a little bit distracting. I mean, that's just me. I can always make up examples and say, let's pretend it's test scores. We <laughs> don't know what the hell the numbers are. But I know you've talked about that in 2126, and we will talk more about it. But the important point right now is to know that the sampling distribution of the mean, that's all the values a mean can take with a given sample size, has a mean of mu sub x, in other words, and then a standard deviation is sigma divided by square root of n, and it's normal. In this case. Okay? That's the way the world works. That's a property of the universe, and a very good one, because it allows me to have a job teaching statistics. Okay. Questions about that? Again, we'll go more into it. Don't worry about it, but do you have any questions about it? Hope it's somewhat intuitive. With the sex example, I think it, it can be. <laughs> you can try it at home. I mean, most people don't, but you can try this at home. You can try flipping a coin ten times and then just plotting out each time the mean of those ten flips, giving zero to heads and one to tails. You'll actually get a normal distribution. It's creepy. I mean, it makes sense that you get one, but it's still odd to watch. Or you do with a die. Roll a die five, ten times. And then do that twenty times plotting out those means. So if you've got a person that just carries graph paper around, it's a good time. <laughs> okay. So any distribution, we can look at a distribution of any sort. This is a weird one. I've never seen a distribution that's triangular. I really don't think there probably would be one. But it, you know, it was easy enough to draw. So if we wanted the probability of a value of x, that's down here, between th uh, uh, 3 to 7, we would just look at the area, because remember, the area under the whole thing is one. That's all possible events. Well, if we want to just look at between three and seven, we just look at the area between three and seven. It's a song by Queens of the Stone Age, isn't it? What's the matter? Yeah. Okay, so that, you know, you could do that. So you would just look at this area in where the pointer here. No, so this find the area of this, and then you're done. You're, you're, you've, got the, you've got the probability of the score between three and seven, assuming that distribution uh, describes some variable. Okay. In that case, it's pretty easy. We use geometry, right? You've got two triangles on each side. You could find the area of those two little triangles and the area of the big triangle and subtract the area of the two little triangles from the area of the big triangle and you've got the answer. Area of triangles have base times height. Okay, remember that? A long time ago, you thought you'd never have to know that. See, again, again, early math is important. So you could, you could just do that. 
Or you go the other way, you could make that into like a, a square and you take a triangle on top. There's a couple of ways you could answer it using, literally using things you learned in grade four. Right? And you may not be able to do it off the top of your head, but you know that, oh, area of a whatever, I can look that up. Right? Now, if the distribution was shaped like a rhombus, what not? A trapezoid. A dodecahedron. Actually, any of those things you could do. You really could. You have to know what the formula is, but you can go look up the area of a whatever kind of shape. That's easy. See, if it's, not, if it's not a common shape, though, anybody here taking calculus? I think I asked a couple of you guys have taken calculus, right? If you think in calculus, there's a way to find the area of the curve. That's using that. That's integration. That's taking an integral. That means the area under the curve, that's what that actually means, between 3 and 7 of the function of x. Right? If I take the integral of, I don't know what the damn equation would, in fact, it would be two, probably wouldn't go up, but it doesn't matter. If I had the function of that, 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 that triangle thing, and I plugged it into there, that goes in the f at x part, and I did the integral, right? And then I just filled in between three and seven, I could do this. This is the kind of thing, this is a, it would actually be a very easy thing to do. If you did in calculus, you would know that would be a very straightforward thing to do. Exceedingly straightforward, right? Be easy. And I will help you guys have taken calculus, and it would not be hard. It wouldn't kill you. But a lot of people, you know, they don't know calculus. And well, then that's, that's your loss. Because um, <laughs> calculus is a good thing. It's good. It's, calculus is a good thing to know. I, I'm amazed that people don't choose to take calculus. The only reason most people like any math at all is because they like, most people like, they've taken more advanced maths. Like, calculus is cool. It's math that describes the universe. It's really neat. And if you do advanced work in biology, for example, you better know some calculus. And a lot of sort of mathematical type things in psychology, you better know some calculus because it's going to be all, when you do modeling and stuff like that, it's all calculus. All the rates of changes, change in areas under curves. I'm not saying you should all rush up and take first year calculus. I'm saying you missed your opportunity and you're losers. <laughs> I just think that. Do they not teach in high school anymore? Did not. It's not. Not, not separately, though, right? There isn't a calculus class anymore, is there? There's calculus in that There is, okay. But people don't take it. Why? Because it's no matter if you get to choose what you want to take or not. People don't take all the math? No. Really? I took like three math classes in grade 13. I wasn't great at math. I wasn't shitty at it, but I wasn't great at it. In algebra, I failed it. Probability test, actually. 47%. I was in the circle club. Now, whenever you'd, you would post the marks, and if you're marked with your little student number and your mark, and if you got below 50, you got a circle around it. I was like, oh, I'm in the circle club. Yeah. Calculus, however, I loved. Because it was like math that described the universe. It's neat. Yeah, see, they don't tell you that in high school. They no. don't tell you it's neat or interesting or anything like that. Mm -hmm. They tell you you need it for college or university, and that's it. Yeah, I think that's true. I think typically the guidance counselors do that. I don't think all guidance counselors are that, but I think a lot of them are. 
No, I really, I'm, that's my experience. I'm talking with my kid, with me, a lot of, and there's other ones. I actually had a really good guidance counselor. She was wonderful. She taught, she encouraged me to take three maths. She had a psych degree, so you're going to have to take statistics. You'll, it'll be nice to have that background. So it's too bad you don't have calculus, but that's life. So for those of you who haven't taken calculus, leave the room. No, I'm kidding, of course, because it must be an easy way. Now, if you have taken calculus, it's interesting. To, this is the function of the normal distribution. I'm never going to ask you this, but you can look at that, by the way. If you have taken calculus, you can go, boy, that's a bitch of an integral we'll take. That's not an easy integral. You can do it, but it's not easy. So look, just take a look, out of curiosity, right? If 1 over sigma, that's the standard deviation, times the square root of 2 times pi, times e, which is the base of the natural logarithm, 1.782828, to the negative x minus mu over 2 times the variance. Yeah, it's a scary thing, right? This was discovered by uh, Baron uh, Gauss. He also is the guy that he did a lot of work on magnets. So he discovered the, the, the shape of the normal distribution. And he also did work, you heard of degaussing? Right? He did that with uh, tape heads. You probably have. Um, he worked on mag magnetism too. He's a smart guy. So, that, I mean, you just take the integral dysfunction, which, again, if you've taken calculus, that's not a fun one. That's one of those ones that might take you 20 minutes, and you, at the end, go, I really don't know if this is right or not. <laughs> you know, you feel pretty bad. If you want the probability, say, people have an IQ between, say, 95 and 107, it's a question you have. How many people have an IQ between 95 and 107? Well, you would actually just put the num take the integral, plug the numbers in 95 and 107 into the x, once subtract the other, you get two areas, and you know it. That's easy. It's straight, anybody can do it. You can train a monkey. You get a smart monkey. It's a calculus monkey. But how many of us actually have a calculus monkey? Very few. It'd be good to have a calculus monkey. That'd be kind of neat. It could be made a little bit easier. Um, what we could do is if we make the mean zero in, this, in, this, in the variance one, which is the standard normal distribution, we said, we actually get a somewhat simpler equation, which is this. So now, because the means one, a zero, the standard deviation is one, it's allowed us to get rid of a lot of things. Zeros are great that way in, in, in math, right? Zeros and ones are wonderful things. So that's, and if you, again, if you know some calculus, you look at that and go, now that I could. That I can do. It's not going to take me as long as the other. It's a pain, but I can do it. So now it becomes 1 over uh, square root of 2 pi to the e to the, uh, sorry, times e to the negative uh, x divided by 2. That's a lot easier. That's a lot easier to do. Right. Again, I'm not going to ask you to do this. I'm, I'm showing you uh, the, the, the genesis of the Z distribution. Okay. Questions so far? Yeah. Okay.
in essence, that's what we're doing when we standardize data using the Z distribution. Right? And that's what I'm doing there. I'm solving 95 uh, minus 100 and uh, 107 minus 100 for Z. And I get over 15. Because 15, where's the 15 come from? IQs have a mean of 15. I'm uh, sorry, a variance of 15. And they have a standard, uh, sorry, they have a standard deviation of 15. And they have a mean of 100. That's why that went into the Z formula. You guys have done Z tests and these kind of Z problems before. So what all I've done here is I've actually done the same thing as they did when they just turned that equation into something with a mean of zero and a standard deviation of one. Right? That's all that you do when you do this. Remember the transformation thing right there? I've subtracted the mean. So now it's going to be zero. And I've divided by the standard deviation. Now it's going to be one. That's all I've done. That's actually why the Z tables work. Because I've turned, I've turned something with a mean of 100 and a standard deviation of 15, and I'd have to do the damn calculus. I've turned it into something with, that is normal and has a mean of 0 and a variance of 1. And then I find out that, that these are probabilities. That tell you, you know the Z table, you know what they are? They're probabilities. Take a look at what it says in a Z, form, a Z table. It says P under the curve. Right? It's the probability of getting a value. Because you know that the value, all the possible values is one. And all I've done by taking the Z scores is I've turned it into something with zero and one that I can look it up in a table rather than having to do the calculus. Again, this is something I know you can all do because if you couldn't do that, you wouldn't have got it at 20 or 26. Right? I know you can Right? It's x, z equals x minus mu over c. In a while, I know for some of you, but I know you can do it. The difference is that it wouldn't be one slide in 2026. This would be 50 minutes. <laughs> right? But you all remember having done something like this, where we would ask you these inane questions. What's the probability of getting an IQ between 95 and 107? And no one really ever asks those questions. No one ever asks them. No one ever asks what's the probability, you know, of, 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 like they say things like the average number of M&Ms in a bag is 68, with a mean of 68, but it has a variance of four M&Ms. What's the probability of getting more than 73 M&Ms in a bag? No one ever asks those questions. Oddly, though, M&Ms, because professors of math and statistics use them as examples so often, Everybody, everybody does that. That's not, you know, it's a very common thing. Uh, it turned out that eventually Hershey started printing out, uh, they were publishing for statistics professors uh, things about the weights of the candies, the distribution of the number of each kind of, each color in the bags. Because everyone, because they, they would, if you're going to use, it's a good PR for them as well, right? If you're going to use these things as examples, we'll give you the real data. But I really doubt People at the M&M's production line are going, well, I wonder what the mean number of candies per bag is at the standard deviation. It's like, are we winning or losing? Are we making money or losing money? That's all they care about, right? I do Hershey, Pennsylvania must smell like it. It must just be awesome. It must just smell great. It must be like candy. I've never been there. What I'm saying. 
within it? Does it smell like chocolates everywhere? Just, just close by. Okay. Yeah, like in London, Ontario, at the Kellogg's plant, you get near the Kellogg's plant, it smells like cornflakes. The rest of London smells like Labatt's. Because it's a big Labatt brewery. Question, Jenna. Uh, how'd you get the 0.310 at the very bottom line? Uh, what have I done there? Yeah. Uh, right, so let's take a quick look. Oh, yeah. So I've looked up the Z values in a Z table. That's how I did it. Oh. Yeah, I, I skipped about 46 steps there. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it would be, this would be 50 minutes in 2126. I would have looked up the value, the probability of minus 0.32, uh, and the probability of 0.466, and I put those. I probably end up getting from 0.5 to 0.466, and from negative 0.32, right, or sorry, to zero. Start again. From zero to 0.466, and I would go negative 0.32 to zero, and I would look up those two probabilities and add them together. Yeah, I can tell you actually how we did that. My calculator does that for me. It has, it has a Z distribution built into it, so it's, it's nice. But I mean, again, this is something you know how to do, and I wouldn't get too worked up about it. But what you've done there, by doing a name problem like this, is you've actually taken it and gone from a, a mean of 100 and a standard deviation of 15, you've gone to a mean of 0 and a standard deviation of 1, you've gone from a complicated equation in using calculus to a simple er, integral. See, the thing is, some poor bastard did the calculus for you. Probably a graduate student in the 18, late 1800s did this for you. So you could look it up in a table. And now we might even not use a table. You could you can do sad stuff with, 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 with Excel, you can do it with Google spreadsheets, uh, you can SPSS, SAS, any any stats program, Sysstat, Statistica, that's about all the ones I know. So now you can just look it up in a table. But some poor person, you know, some poor guy, it's almost certainly a guy because not as many women went to graduate school in the 1800s. I'm not being sexist, I'm being probabilistic. And as they say, the spinal tap, what's wrong with being sexy? Anybody seen that one, actually? Is that, you get the reference? Which I one? hope. Spinal tap, the spinal tap. Yeah. yeah. And they, they have their album taken off because it's sexist, because it, the, the, the album cover has, a, has them holding a woman in chains and making her smell a glove, and the title of the album is Smell the Glove. <laughs> He said, well, no, you're sexist. He says, well, what's wrong with being sexy? <laughs> Love that movie. It's even better if you have anything to do with the music industry. It's about 40 times funnier, because there's jokes in there. And he's showing them the guitars. Don't, no, don't, don't touch it. Don't, 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 don't even look at it. My dad collected the guitars, and there were times when it was kind of like that. Now, this is really nice. There's actually even better than a table. Even better than a table is you go to a little web tool here. And let's click here. And I hope it comes up. At some point, it's on juncture. Perhaps it will, perhaps it won't. Oh, grand, it quits, so we lose the video for today. Uh, well, no, I'm going to open one of the didn't it? Maybe that would be this one here, just, yeah. Okay. Play. 
Okay. So there's the web tool. Let me try this again. There it goes. Um, this is actually really nice. So if you scroll down, this is a really handy thing. Um, so our mean is what? Uh, 100, right? Because that's, that's, standard, that's uh, IQ. Our standard deviation is 15. We want to find between uh, 95 and 107. Yeah, look, it's, I get the right answer again. 31. So if you want to look it up as a Z, just make the mean zero, the standard deviation one. One of the important things you can always do in statistics is always draw yourself pictures. Um, I used to, in fact, in 21, 26, make students draw pictures. I used to say you have to draw a picture. I don't do it anymore. I mean, if you don't want to do it and you don't want to try hard enough, that's fine. Uh, but it really helps because if I drew the picture and said between 95 and 107, I draw this thing and go, okay, does it look anything like this? Because when I'm using this web tool, it really helps me. Right? So this is actually a really useful thing. And this has been this done by a stats prof at, uh, where the hell is he? I can't remember. He writes, he writes a stats book. And I'm perfectly happy using uh, his, uh, his uh, web tool for sure. Dave? Yep. What was the above and the below? And the oh, yeah, right. So if we went back. There it is. No, that's not Apple. That one else is iBooks for. Uh, oh, it's not there anymore. That. Okay. So if I was going above and below, like if I want the, right now, take a look at just what it says right now. It's easy to find out. We got one, okay, is what they're looking for, because it's going to give you a probability. So if we're going above, one above, one, with a mean of zero standard deviation, we want a score of one, and the area we're interested in is above that. Area we're interested in is below it, I can just change it and click there, and show you it's going to switch over there, is below one. And if we want to go between, say, negative one and one, we can do that. We can even do something like this outside, which is a... It's interesting if it's hypothesis test. And if you want 0.025 on both ends, that'll give us critical values for a set for an actual Z test. It's a really, really nice and useful website. Which we can't use on a test. Uh, no, but I mean, the, the it's unlikely there'll be a question like that on a test anyway. <coughs> this is pretty simplistic stuff. It's useful. This is very useful. All right. So like I said, somebody did the calculus for you. So it looked like that, right? What we had, negative 0.32. So here, we, here I did it with the, the, the Z values I looked up, Jenna. And you see, you get the same numbers, right? So there I, I went the step of doing the Z values that I had in that previous slide. I looked those up. Did it like that, get the same answer, so that's good. And it's instantaneous, it's beautiful. I think it's a, it's a Java applet. I bet there's something, I bet there's an iPhone app that does this. I just never looked. It almost certainly is, I should look for that. So some conclusions then about this stuff. Um, some poor person did calculus for you, remember that every time you use a table. Seriously, some poor guy sitting there who probably had no career after that, because like his PhD thesis was, I helped the Z distribution. That's a pretty lousy gig. 
So I think, I don't know who it is, but he's some unknown graduate student. Remember that guy. Probably worked over with like candlelight or gaslight. Um, we just look it up on the table where he's that handy dandy web tool, and it's days. So we worry about, there is a reason for, the, like there's calculus behind this stuff, but you don't have to know calculus. I think the cool thing is that there is actually real math behind this. Hope, what I'm trying to do in this class a lot of times is take out some of the mystery behind how this stuff works. Because generally, you're not told that because you're probably not ready for prime time in 2126. So when you are told that when you do this, this is when you use a Z test, do it. This is when you do a T test. You are told that because if we told you this stuff, most of your brains would explode. You guys would all be fine. Right? Well, we'd all probably be switching out of psychology. Well, you might be. Yeah. Or, or whatever. And many disciplines need stats. Uh, it's psych and bio generally in that class. Um, finally, it's not that scary. Um, you don't know how to do this, and now you know why you do it. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. And I will see you. I will see the video.
podcast is released under a Creative Commons copyright share like 2.5 Canada. Uh, feel free to redistribute the information as you see fit, but please don't make any money out of it. And if you do, you got to tell me because I'm reserving that right. Giving up all the other ones, including uh, mash it up any way you want, okay? Um, also, of course, give me attribution. If you want to get a hold of me, my email address is dave.broadbeck, B-R-O-D-B-E-C-K, at algomau.ca. My website is people.auc.ca slash broadbeck slash blog. Uh, most of the music, uh, all the music's Podsafe, and most of it comes from GarageBand.com or the Podsafe Music Network. See you next time.